And now, it's Health Naturally with herbalist and natural therapist, Dennis Stewart. That is exactly how we kick off our Fridays around here with Dennis Stewart. And uh, good afternoon, Dennis. You're going to continue with a couple of mm. series of talks you've been doing with Jane over the last few weeks. Look, we've been working through the gastrointestinal tract and uh, particularly looking at uh, diseases that occur in what we refer to as the colon or the large bowel. I want to try to finish that discussion today. Uh, you know, the board gets so busy that in the past we haven't been able to do that. Well, that's the problem, mate. You're too damn popular. Oh, well, <laughs> no, look, it's, it's, it's you guys. It's you guys no. that do it. But we'll have a look at a couple of things that'll tidy it up and particularly looking at the role of turmeric as a potential agent in preventing even the sinister disease, cancer of the bowel. Barbara on the line. G'day, Barbara. G'day, Maxine from Singleton. You got some rheumatoid arthritis to talk about today? And Yes, Dennis, I have. Uh, I've just recently been um, uh, diagnosed with it. Yes, yes. So I'm on methot... Methotextrate. That's it? Yes, yes. I was wondering yes. if there's anything else that I can take. Okay. Look, methotextrate is a, is a very useful drug. There's obviously a downside to it, and that's why you'd be undergoing regular blood tests to make sure that there is nothing happening. Uh, yeah. Particularly as far as your liver is concerned, but it's a useful medication to treat the condition and give some relief from the pain. But uh, there are a few things that, in my opinion, would be worthwhile uh, doing in conjunction with taking the heavy drug. Right. And this is not to say this is in place of what your good rheumatologist has prescribed. It right. is a couple of recommendations that may well help you move towards lessening the inflammatory activity behind the condition. Now, in as much that you have rheumatoid arthritis, uh, the good thing is that the literature, and now when I refer to the term the literature, I'm talking about uh, documents, books, articles, papers that, that are circulating and which I read obviously and depend on. The good thing about the literature is that higher dosages of the fish oils when persevered with over a lengthy period of time, uh, that has been shown to be useful in reducing the level of inflammation. Don't talk about cure so much, but look, mm -hmm. at, the, look at the way in which uh, using, using, say, I would start off at about, say, six grams of fish oils daily, and that would mm -hmm. be taking, say, two 1,000 milligram capsules three times daily, that would be. Yeah, I'm writing this down as we go. <laughs> yeah. what, what did you say? I didn't hear you then. I said, I'm writing it down oh, as you're good, telling good me. Girl, good girl. And look, um, what I suggest you do is not just take um, for granted what I'm saying, even though I stand by it, but if you're useful with a computer, Google up or Google the information, and you'll find that what I'm saying is very well documented. So, right. six, six grams of fish oil a day. Now, remember. This is, what, this is what we call a chronic program. That is, it's to be persevered with over a lengthy period of time. Don't expect anything immediately. Um, but over a chronic period of time, there's a good chance that your, your markers indicating the inflammatory activity should subside, at which point your specialist may well be inclined uh, to look at modifying your dosage or modifying your treatment full stop. That's, princi right. that's principle number one. Now, the second thing that I would suggest you do uh, is take on board the information circulating 
about the role of the herb or the spice known as turmeric. Mm -hmm. Now, turmeric, as you probably know, is the, is the basis of curry. But, yep. but turmeric also contains, as I've frequently said on the program, a, a substance called curcumin, C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N. Now, cur curcumin, yep. it, is, it is what we refer to as the active chemical or the active principle in, in turmeric. So you have a number of options here. You can take, um, say, a teaspoonful of turmeric a couple of times a day, making sure that it's taken in conjunction with a small amount of black pepper, or you can do what is probably more convenient, and that is go to your pharmacy. Uh, I don't think you have a health food store in Singleton now, do you? No, I don't think so. Oh, no, you used to. Um, your, yep. your pharmacy up there would have uh, preparations of curcumin, in, in, in standardised dosages, I would see that as a second uh, line of support uh, for helping you do something about your condition. Two things which, in my opinion, would not clash with what your rheumatologist is giving you. There are two, right. there are two starting points. In naturopathic medicine, we also emphasise a fairly controversial concept, and that is uh, perhaps tend to lessen your intake uh, of red meat. Now, this is not to say stop eating red meat. I, I like red meat, but I don't eat anywhere near as much as I used to because my reading suggests that a heavy red meat diet might be a contributor to inflammatory activity. Move, in, right. move in the direction of a lot more fish in your diet, particularly oily fish. Mm -hmm. move, move in the direction of a lot more white meats. And, radical as it might sound, a couple of days a week, go veg. Go veg. And, go veg. And, and restrict, <laughs> restrict your eating on that day to, <laughs> to vegetarian cuisine. That's pretty well what I do, and I'm a great believer in it. They're little things that you can do, and, yep. and you may well, with those techniques, push this condition into a better state and see it go into remission. You give it a go, it's not going to cost you much money. And as I yep. keep saying to listeners, you've got to become involved in your health problem. If you're not interested in it, not many other people will be. You've got to work at these things, work with your doctors, work with your health practitioners, but work with your own initiative. What do you think, Maxine? We'll get Dennis a cooking program from next week too. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, you, might, you might be uh, surprised, Maxine. My dear wife is probably listening to this program as she does. By the way, we celebrated our 55th wedding anniversary a couple oh, of days ago. Yeah. Well, my, my dear wife commented the other night when I uh, cooked dinner, I frequently do that, that I cooked probably the best stir-fry I've ever cooked in my life. And it was all veg, and it was fantastic. So if I can oh, do I'll get you to come around. I'll get you my dress. <laughs> Go, go for it. <laughs> I think that's an invitation, Dennis. Uh, Max, uh, Maxine, we're there. I'll turn up as well. Now, Barbara, thank you for your patience today. Barbara at Shortland, you do have a, a bowel cancer question for Dennis today, Barbara. Yes, I do. Hello, um, hello. Um, Yes, I had bowel cancer yes. last year. It was, yes. it was picked up by good. a poo check, actually. Yes. Yeah, good. And, yes, and um, I had a... Uh, Colonoscopy, yes. where the doctor picked up the um, 
tumour, which was cancerous, so yes. I had to have surgery. Yes, yes. And, um, but I'm just interested about this tumour because, well, I'm yeah. not taking anything at the moment. Okay. Everything's, I was on a chemo tablet for six months okay. after okay. that. Okay. But now I'm all off that now, but it's, I've got a good result from the last colonoscopy, so I yeah. just wanted to check. Isn't that, isn't that a good result, though? Um, just it, yes. it, it proves um, this whole concept of monitoring and, and uh, getting regular checkups because, uh, as I've said on the program, reiterating what our good doctors frequently say, that bowel cancer is a very manageable and very curable condition, similar to, to breast cancer, if they are diagnosed early... Well. Uh, they can be done. Oh, sorry, yeah, you're cutting off. I just okay. couldn't hear what you were saying. Yeah. Okay, well, look, what I will say is that I was going to talk about... I'm getting a lot of bounce back. Uh, we might just get you to hang on there, Barbara. Your line's a little bit crook, so we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you in a moment. But, uh, yeah, Dennis, it really is uh, a fascinating concept, this turmeric, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, look, I'll just mention to, to, that I was going to mention to Barbara. Mm. There's a lot of work that has been done on looking at the way in which people in South Asia... Uh, particularly India, have relative freedom from some of the cancers that we experience. Now, the incidence of bowel cancer in places like India, where turmeric, uh, particularly in the in the form of curry, is taken on a daily basis, the incidence just about every meal, absolutely, really, yeah. the incidence of cancer in India is remarkably lower than what it is in Western countries. For instance. In cancer of the bowel, in cancer of the bowel, turmeric is highly recommended, particularly by the two Canadian specialists, uh, Belliveau and Gingras, in, in their book, Foods That Fight Cancer. It's, pre it's presented as being perhaps the most single important food supplement based on the evidence, particularly from places like India, for addressing a preventative, a potential preventative program for cancer. For instance, look at these statistics. In India, for instance, uh, bowel cancer, there are five incidences of bowel cancer per 100,000 people. In the United States, that goes up to 41. Five incidences of bowel cancer per 100,000 in India. In the United States, typical of any Western country, the incidence jumps from five right up to 41. Yeah, it's a power of more than eight to one, isn't eight it? Eight times more bowel cancer in Western countries. Now, what is the difference? The difference is arguably associated with dietary factors, not entirely, but we should take notice of this. And I spent a lot of time reading this text and have lectured from it, and I know a lot about it. And of all the supplements, all the foods that are recommended in that book for perhaps fighting against cancer of the bowel, turmeric comes up. And so I would say, and I use this myself for my own cooking, my own daily routine, that following the recommendations of the two Canadian specialists, a teaspoonful of turmeric a day in the diet, laced with some black pepper to promote assimilation, is perhaps a very useful way of helping to fight against one of the most common cancers in Western society. Learning from the Indian experience, surely there's evidence to suggest what we eat can sometimes influence the pathogenesis of certain cancers and what we eat as far as cancer of the bowel, incorporating, say, some turmeric, may influence it, may influence it. 
Dennis, so we've got Jen online. Jen, thank you so much for your patience at Warner's Bay. You've got a couple of things to talk about. First up, magnesium and then panic attacks, Jen. Yes. Um, with the magnesium, Dennis, I've been taking it for years and um, all of a sudden I've been quite ill and then all of a sudden I had to, like, I stopped taking everything and when I got on them, um, they're geeing me up instead of calming me down. It, some, sometimes um, this indicates that the dosage might be beyond what you need. Oh, OK. Uh, and, and, and sometimes something that's good for us uh, yeah. in, in, in a dosage form uh, can be an aggravant or an irritant because the, the dose is just a little bit too, too elevated. In other words, what I'm putting forward here as a possibility is that the magnesium content that you're taking may, may be beyond what your system needs and you're experiencing, if you like, a minor reaction against a little bit too much of it i'd cut back your dosage and give that a try first up you may not be needing the amount that you're taking i look at it from that perspective to start with it helped okay. it helped you in the past yes. there's, there's no reason why it shouldn't help you now it might mean however that you need to look at dosage cut it back and see what happens then okay thank you dennis okay. and also um with panic attacks yes yes okay now do? Now, run past me the sorts of symptoms that you get with your panic attacks. Well, um, it's sort of like a, I'm in constant highs of, you know, agitation type yes. of thing. And okay. then it gets worse and then I can't think straight and it just okay. sort of takes over and then it calms down again. Okay. This happened after I had major surgery. Okay. Now, obviously you've had some good talks with your GP about the problem, have you? No, well, his suggestion was to put me on, on, on um, um, medication for anxiety, okay. and um, I took that, and it was stopping me from sleeping. I've got a very, very sensitive... Okay. Um, okay. Look, there's a couple of little things that I'd suggest that you consider. Now, in as much that you've got a good GP that you're discussing this with, and that's great, and I always, as you know... Uh, recommend to my listeners that with any medical problem discuss it initially with your GP and even when you embark on a self-help program make sure you, your GP is aware of it and has documented it. There's two little things that I'd suggest you do here. Um, there's a herb called kava, K-A-V-A. I've tried that, I can't take okay. it. Okay, you, you, you reacted to it did you? Yes. Yes, it bombs me. Like, yes, I okay. can't. Well, you're obviously very sensitive to it because I, I used Carver myself uh, at a very stressful and anxious period of my life when my um, dear wife was having some uh, very challenging surgery and um, I benefited from it. But some people can't handle Carver too well, albeit uh, anyone living in the South Pacific is raised on kava and uh, and it's part of their diet but a lot of people can't handle it what I would suggest you do and you'd probably need to see your pharmacist or uh, where do you live Jan? Uh, well, okay. Probably in your health food store they would be able to, to get this herb for you it's not a well known herb but I swear by it for conditions characterised by anxiety and panic attacks, particularly panic attacks that reflect themselves in what's called tachycardia, an acceleration of the pulse, uh, breathlessness, 
all those types of symptoms which can be quite uh, challenging and sometimes quite frightening but uh, essentially based on the nervous system being very much on edge. There's a, there's a lovely herb um, which is distinctly female. Now, this is not being sexist or chauvinistic. It's just that some herbs have been shown to relate more to, uh, say, a, a woman's condition than, say, that experienced by a man. Now, whether that's true or not, the herb motherwort, write that down, motherwort, um, is a very, very useful herb, which I would have many of my patients on, even presently, that have had a history of mild anxiety episodes where breathlessness, uh, tachycardia, uh, excitement, all those sorts of things are a bit overwhelming. It's a very, a very safe herb. Yeah. I would try that uh, together with a lower dose of your magnesium. There's a, a, a fantastic health food shop down Warners Bay. I and, know. Um, yeah, I know. they're very good. I know. I, I trained most of them. Oh, did you? Yes. Yes, that, that uh, health food store is stocked by people that know their stuff. I'll not elaborate, but they would all be happy to tell you that they're all my students and qualified as medical herbalists along the way. Oh, look, they're the most wonderful people. They're so patient and, and understanding. No, it's a good shop, that one. Well done. Very good. Well done. All right, thank you. Uh, uh, Dennis, before you go, with yes. the tumor, can you take that on blood pressure medication? Yeah, look, as far as I'm aware, there uh, is no contraindication... Uh, in taking uh, turmeric and blood pressure medication. Just work with the turmeric. You don't need to get onto a sophisticated curcumin tablet or capsule. See it as I quoted from the text. Try to get into the habit of just using the crude herb in a powdered form, purchasable from your health food store, teaspoonful regularly daily in the way that Mark has told us he uses it and he's, he's a great example of a genius. You've got to see the bloke. He shines with curcumin. Now look, use it in that form and you'll do well. He's made up for the, for the, the ripping off he did a little bit, minute ago. Thank you so much, Kerry at Mayfield. Kerry, uh, you've got a situation with your granddaughter you'd like to talk about today. Uh, Kerry, you've got a situation. Oh, yes, yes. yes, it's your yes, turn, hi. Kerry. Hello, Kerry. Oh, hello. Um, just ringing up uh, about my um, granddaughter, actually, um, who lives with me. Yes, um, yes. She's 18, yes. and since about September, October last year, she's had um, a series of um, bouts of tonsillitis. Yes, yes. The other thing that's more concerning is um, boil boil-type eruptions yes. under her arm and into her yes. groin. I know, know the condition very well. Yes, know and... the condition well. Yes, and, and we have um, sought out medical advice yes. and uh, the, the swabs have been taken yes. and nothing untoward has been yes. uh, found in the swabs. Yes, so your, um, your, your granddaughter would be on antibiotic treatment? Yes, okay. that's right, yes. And, and because there's been so many occasions yes. with the tonsillitis, yes. she finds that the antibiotics um, do make her feel okay. quite ill. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look I've, I've got some good news. Um, this is one of the most... Uh, I'm getting a bit of feedback from you on the line, but can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Okay. The good thing about this is this is one of the most common conditions that responds to what are called blood-purifying herbs. Now, the medical people out there will shake their heads and say, what in the hell is he talking about? What, right. we're, what we're talking about are herbs these days that are best referred to as having an impact on the immune system and help the body deal with particularly chronic recurring infections. Now, yes. this is particularly so also, by the way, 
with this very common condition that younger women get when they develop cysts under the arms or in the groin. And that can be a very nasty condition which can frequently lead to the doctor having to lance those conditions. And I've treated those too. I can't go into the treatment very well, but I'd be happy to talk to you privately. But it is a very, very successful treatment. And please don't think I'm boasting. I know from experience that combination of tonsil infection plus infection of the hair follicle responds well to herbs such as echinacea, golden seal. Contact me, I'll go further with you. Dennis, the big topic today, turmeric. Now, I noticed you mentioned turmeric and curcumin so uh, kind of yeah. concurrently there. Yeah. It, let's split the hairs. What's the difference? Oh, okay. The difference is this. Turmeric is the herb mm-hmm. or the spice which is used in cooking or food preparation, which I've encouraged today. Turmeric, however, contains a number of components or what we call active principles, that is, chemicals that are contained in the herb or the spice. One of those constituents is known as curcumin. Curcumin is a constituent of turmeric. It's considered to be the primary active principle in turmeric and it is particularly useful for reducing some levels of inflammation lowering levels of inflammation. Now, here what we're doing is taking that isolated active chemical from the herb, converting it into a convenient dosage form, a capsule or tablet, and people then use it as an anti-inflammatory agent, either on its own for mild inflammatory conditions or in conjunction with other medication in order to lower their dependence on some of the other medication. We spoke today, I think it was our first caller, that rang up about rheumatoid arthritis, and I suggested that as part of a self-help program, she should consider using curcumin, which is the anti-inflammatory component found in turmeric. So if you're looking at one aspect of of a problem, i.e. the inflammatory aspect of it, curcumin is the isolate may be the best way to go. If you're looking at the systemic constitutional uh, health-building properties that the herb can have, turmeric in the diet is probably the best way to go. Thank you so much, Dennis, for clearing that up. Now, well, we're going to look at the culinary side uh-huh. a little bit longer. Uh-huh. Pa- G'day, Paul at Hamilton. You've got a, a recipe for Dennis today with turmeric in it. We're writing this down, mate. We've got our pens ready. What have All you got? ready to go, Paul. Away you go. Okay. are watering we have we have, we have noted this down with great gusto great gusto and, and and mark who's quite a fanatic on turmeric and a great example of its health benefits he's got it all written down he's got it all written down we will try and give you feedback paul thank you so, thank you so much mate we'll get some turmeric scones into us over the weekend all right mate well done. <laughs> thank you very much, Paul. Good afternoon, Chris. For, thank you for calling back. Uh, Chris, what have you got for Dennis today? Hello, Chris. 
Oh, it looks like we've lost we've lost Chris again. No, so we'll, 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 we'll just continue trekking through uh, this afternoon, Dennis. Uh, look, with with turmeric, of course, it's now being more sort of held in high esteem when it comes to, to herbal medicine. So mm-hmm. what, let's explore on that a little bit, a little bit more today. Okay. Look, I reflect back on my forty years of being in the herb industry, developing herbal medicine products for many companies, and also practicing herbal medicine. Forty years is a long way. Forty years has seen a lot of changes happen in the style of herbal medicine that characterises our products today and also the way we practice. Forty years ago, we weren't using many of these Asian herbs in our herbal medicine treatments. What has happened, of course, in that period of time is that in Australia particularly, uh, the influx of people from all over the world and particularly the wonderful uh, Indian people that have come Uh, and we have a good population of lovely Indian people in this country, and I I, I love them. I love their cuisine. I love their personalities. I love their their philosophical ideas. They have brought with them a lot of their, their foods and a lot of their medicinal ideas. And so just as Australia has become, over the last 40 years, a very multicultural type of society, so the, 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 the um, sort of herbal medicine that we practice today in Australia is multicultural. And we incorporate, therefore, many of the herbs from these cultures and from India. We, incur- we incorporate herbs such as turmeric, other herbs equally importantly, but that's an indication of what has happened so that 40 years ago, I would never have thought of, of using herbs like withania, herbs like shadavadri, uh, herbs like ashwagandha. These are all herbs from India, which are now part and parcel together with turmeric, a lot of my herbal medicine prescribing, and I depend upon them greatly at a time when many of the, the Western herbs are becoming endangered, are difficult to get, or very expensive. It's good that we now have the influx of remedies from these other countries, particularly India, uh, where we're getting herbs that hitherto we've not used, but now giving us skills and abilities that compensate for any loss that might have occurred as our losing access to some of our traditional remedies. All right, just a couple of quick ones, Dennis. Uh, Pamela wanted to know if we can take curcumin with warfarin. Okay, look, there's a bit of debate on this. I think if if you're on a, a powerful anticoagulant such as warfarin, the first thing you need to do is to uh, run that past uh, your prescribing doctor or specialist. Uh, I think there's something in the literature that suggests that it might not be uh, wise to take it in conjunction with that agent, but I haven't got uh, a text or reference in front of me here. I would have back at my office in um, in New Lambton if you wanted to ring me uh, in, say, half an hour, I could tell you more authoritatively because I'd have my references there. But in any case, if you were to go on to it, I'd want you to mention it to your medical managers so that your levels uh, could be shown to be stable in, in taking even uh, this substance with, with the warfarin. He says half an hour. I can tell you, Dennis is out of the studio. He's into the car before the news gets on. <laughs> Believe me, he's gone. Never seen a bloke move so fast. Uh, Debbie Elibana, thank you for calling back. You still want to get on about turmeric today. Uh, you will want to know if it's fresh, powdered or, or in a tablet form. That's your question today, Debbie. Uh, yes, I wanted to know the best way to buy. Um, is it more? Does it absorb better in the system if okay. if it's powder? 
Um, and yeah. I also heard that it is more absorbed better if it's taken with oil. Okay, look, the literature that I've been referring to today, uh, based on the two Canadians and, and the work that they've done uh, very exhaustively, uh, suggests that in order to get the uptake of, of the herb, probably it's best to take it as the dried herb, the dried powdered herb, and to make sure that in taking it in that form that you also incorporate a synergist, particularly black pepper, in order to improve its assimilation or uptake. There are other ways of uh, getting the uptake or assimilation, but to answer your question quickly, time is gone. I, I prefer to see it being used as a food, as a powdered herb, into which you have blended some black pepper to improve its assimilation. Okay, from the supermarket or the health food store? Look, um, in my opinion, either place, the supermarkets would be bound by the same standards as the health food store with reference to this particular product. Thank you very much, Debbie. And indeed, all of the other calls today, Dennis, and, and particularly uh, those pumpkin scones from we're, Paul. We're, we're, we're into it, mate. Oh, look, we'll... she'll, she'll be on the boil as soon as I get home. <laughs> I imagine it would. Your lovely wife's probably getting the flour and she everything ready to go is. now. She, she's a remarkable cook, my wife, but I must say she was very impressed with my stir-fry last week. Next week you better bring some leftovers in. I might do it. All right, that's a, that's a deal. That's Dennis Stewart and Health Naturally. Thanks, mate. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Dennis Stewart back next Friday afternoon for you after midday. Sally Luke is about to take you on a trip around the country and around the world. We're talking travel. She is in after 2NURFM's local news from the Hunter Newsroom with Tyler Fardell and the team. Mark Rook wishing you a fantastic weekend. If you can get out and about, join us tomorrow. Uh, we will be broadcasting live from the University of Newcastle's Open Day uh, from 9 to midday, the Open Day kicking off from 10 tomorrow. Tops of 15 degrees and plenty of rain around for the next couple of days. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy as much of it as you can right here at 2NURFM 103.7. Last time I saw him Tell me about the Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.